2022. Yep. The next <laughs> season of Moped Outlaws. Yes. Of course, we're delivering this as a message from the past, from yep. Friday, January 31st. The last day of the year. December 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, we both must be kind of like <laughs> half asleep. We're all sort of like, Ugh. um, yeah. We're going to have a great time today talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Keanu Keanu Reeves. And also Matrix. So did you watch it again? Oh, yeah. And? Uh, Well, and what? What do you think? Well, let's see. I think it's best to inform people that... I'm kind of a non-critic. I'm kind of like a movie slut. I'm like, yeah, I like them. I like. I movies. love movies. And I, so no I don't spend a lot of time being disappointed or trying to figure out why something is this or that or better or not better. And, you know, yes, there I will relate to whether my expectations were met or not. So I had just the right expectations for Matrix 4 Resurrections because I liked it. I had a good time. I actually really liked watching it the second time because I stayed awake. Yeah. <laughs> Not a critical response. Well, see, this is, I'm trying to be funny. And, <laughs> you know, it was late the first time I watched it, the night I watched it. And it was quite, quite a day. And we'll tell, we'll talk about that later. Um, so here we are. Matrix Resurrections. Or how to jump off a building 19 times or how to write a book and call it a movie. (laughs) Why why do you say that? It was a heavy handed piece of shit. It was such, here's why I say that. One of the scenes that stands out in my mind is at the very beginning when bug is that her name, the captain, couldn't quite pick up her name when she first meets Morpheus in um, Neo's Bugs. Yeah. Whatever. All right. And she's all like, and then she finds out like he's Morpheus and she gives her this big hug. Like, Oh my gosh, it was so great. And there was nothing to support that emotion. It just came out of nowhere to me. And there was a lot of that. Like, isn't this Neo? No, it isn't. And a whole lot of um, dialogue talking about how people, what's real? Was it in your mind and the memory? And we took the efflux research and the B-Aberry and just on and on and on and on and on. I think movies are primarily showing a story and Matrix Revolutions was telling it was narrating a story. So it should have been a silent movie. It should have been an audio book. <laughs> it probably is. God, yes. And I just think, and then there's, you know, like, oh, isn't that clever? You just right at the beginning said Warner Brothers was going to redo Matrix and they would take away your, you know, your contract if you didn't get involved. So here you are with number four because... The boogeyman. So so what other movie has ever called out the reality of the studio system in the film itself? Can't you celebrate that as an artistic achievement? No. And that's part of what the bile for me is. No, I can't because there was so much. Look at me. Look at me. Clever me. And. So you're saying the movie was too clever for its own good. 
Yeah, it was way too much of Lana, like, oh, look at this. I know what a blah, blah, blah is. And I took the blow, you know, like, okay, Lana, okay. And that's kind of how all three movies are for me after the first one. The first one is epic. It is so good. And part of the reason for me is because there's a story. There's a mystery. Yeah, you're not hearing someone tell you everything. You're exploring it with the characters. Wow. So let me ask it this way. Should it have been just not made at all? Yes. So there's no there's no good reason to have made um, resurrections as far as you're concerned. Well, this movie was primarily Neo loves Trinity. Trinity loves Neo. Nothing will keep them apart. Okay. And you had three hours of computer hack garbage that made no sense. And some psychology, you know, spirituality. So so I asked you, should it have been made? And you said, no, no, not this one. Not this one. Okay. But I'm not saying that. Matrix 4 should have been made. So I'm always for a good movie. Okay. So a Matrix 4 in Greg Wilker's world would have had what? You've got Keanu Reeves so, and the, the other just actress. The spark, just the spark that comes to mind is um, there was a little intrigue with Neo and the whole thing that he's at the psychologist, psychiatrist's office and what's real and, you know, are you having episodes again? So I think it would have – I would the seed that I would start with that comes to my mind is Neo wakes up. And there's this thing like, why am I not Wait a minute, slow down, slow down. Because Neo is the guy in the pod. So are you saying Anderson wakes up? Thomas Anderson wakes up? No, because that is Neo. Well, no. That's the the thing. So like, here's what I would say. Like Neo wakes up. Neo's the guy who doesn't, who plays Thomas Anderson. But they are one and the same. Right, but I'm trying to make a distinction as to which one you mean. When you say he wakes up, that has multiple. I'd say Neo in the Matrix. So in this case, you know, Neo, the character Neo in the Matrix, comes to consciousness like. Okay, so I'm going to stop you because even in the first film, when he's in the Matrix, he's Thomas Anderson. He's not Neo. Neo is the guy that wakes up. Right. But but then Neo. Okay. So let's say Thomas Anderson starts coming conscious of the matrix. And his first question is, why am I alive or am I alive? That would be the whole thing. So like picture you experience your death and then you're like, wait, I'm not dead. What's going on? That would have been the linchpin for me to enter a story. Okay, so we enter the story with this guy waking up. Is he alone? Is he in bed? Where? What's going on? Where is he? Well, that's a great question. I don't know. We're going to write a story in this episode. Well, we're, it's, we're having fun, right? So we're basically, you're saying it's a shit movie and they could have done better and you had some ideas. And I'm just trying to get those ideas because to me. Well, I don't, I, no, I didn't say I had ideas. I'm coaxing Maybe. them out of you. Yeah, you're coercing them out of me. You are the Warner Brothers. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> um, you know, I'd say that he's alone in some sort of decrepit warehouse type situation. Like that was part of the thing in the very first one. Is his apartment was dark. He was a loner. There was, you know, so part of the development of the story was him befriending people, his relationships growing with other characters. Cause again, at the beginning, he's a loner. So I think he should be back to being a loner. 
Okay. And I think there should be people on the other side that are attempting to um, contact him, get in touch with him. Okay. So he's back in the matrix and there's people that realize that he didn't die that are trying to get in touch with him. Right. And that's how this, the film opens. And he's still living the poor dark hacker version of the matrix, not the successful, fully developed, um, corporate owner partner. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And that's the entry point. And that's the entry point. Uh, yeah, and okay. just, just again, like the dialogue with the general, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith's <laughs> character just was like, what? The? Instead of watching a story, you're listening to a story. That was my experience. I just yeah. was like, who really cares? It's funny because I, I get into this place where I listen to and read and hear you know, what people say in particular, what you have to say. And I'm like, either like, I'm really grateful because I have none of that. I had a fucking great time. I did. I, the movie seemed fine to me. There were all these emotional highs for me. And then where I felt tension and concern. Right. So I went along for the ride and was rewarded with a a positive experience. And I wasn't sure right up until the last minute, like what, what, how it was all going to turn out. Um, one of the significant things for me about it was how, oh God, this is awful. Like what's the woman actress who plays, um, Trinity? What's her name? Do you know? I don't know her name. Um, Carrie Ann Moss. So in the in the film and if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen the movie spoiler alert, like we're about to just talk <laughs> yeah. about this stuff. Like, forget about it. Like we're going deep. Don't, just turn it off. If you don't want to hear it. But after Greg's thing just said, you probably don't care. Like if you haven't seen well, it right now, you don't but care. I'm, I'm, I'm of the minority. Most people are looking at rotten tomatoes, you know, it's got a, 65% from critics and a 63% audience review. So, so which is a D minus or an F if we grade it on a school basis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so carry on Moss's character, Trinity, yeah. there's this important scene where they jump off a building and Neo can't fly anymore. And she's holding him. And she's the one. Yeah. And he says, Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause in my notes, I had that, like, what's your thoughts about that? Well, I think that's another form of symbolism about the divine feminine and the rise of the divine feminine in the current time frame we're in. Right. And it's, it's in a way, Lana Wachowski who has become trans sexual is now elevating the female hero. So instead of Neo being the center of this, it's still centered around his experience. But the heroic figure is the person who chooses. She turns around at the last minute and chooses him. And then when everything is falling apart, her energy is what elevates them again. So in in some respects, it's like correcting some of the more male centric archetypes that are part of Hollywood. I did appreciate that aspect to it. Yeah. And so, and I love the way that there's so much with the black hat and there's, you know, a new kind of architect, not really an architect, but, um, you know, an agent and, you know, the, the meta aspect of it, I thought was really great. It was, it was reminded me of a like sixties or seventies art film in its willingness to just spear itself. (laughs) And I thought talking shit about Warner brothers executives in their own movie, when they threatened to make it without you was just a a fricking triumph. Do you think that's real? Yes, that really. Yes, I, everything do? I've read is that they were saying, "Look, we're going to make this movie with you without you." 
Really? Yeah. Hmm. And they'd been talking about it and, you know, they would have, they were about to do it without Keanu and without, and just like another matrix with a whole bunch of cat, different cast of characters. And Lana was the only way that, um, Keanu and, um, Oh God, how can I not know her name again? It was only Carrie Ann Moss, Carrie Ann Moss. Um, how come Lana's sister isn't involved with this one? That's a great question. I think, um, we'd, what she said in a German interview, what Lana said in a German interview was that when she asked her sister, um, they just weren't interested. And she didn't elaborate as to why or what they're up to. All right. Um, things I loved about the movie. Uh, just all of the meta stuff when they were walking through the theater and the projections are on the screen and there's these things where he's touching the mirror and then he's being consumed by the mirror. All of that really felt to me like, um, cheesy seventies art house <laughs> meta art, art movie stuff. And I like that they could do that with a big budget film. Um, I love the disorienting way that they would run through buildings and change the, you know, what I'll call an Escher move, right. Where they change yeah. this, the center of gravity. Right. I love that the comic moment when Neo tries to fly and he goes to push against the ground and nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his line, nope, not happening. <laughs> that was that was perfect. That was very good. Right. Because there was a little bit of energy to it, like a little bit of, nope, not happening. They're like, oh, okay, what's next then? What's our next move? That was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm a true romantic, so having love be at the center of the whole, you know, MacGuffin of the movie, like, can, can they get back together? And that moment when they touch and there's this disruption of all of the negativity around them, mm-hmm. I found that allegory very satisfying. And I think it's a great metaphor for something that people are, are talking about more and more, which is this mythology of the Heros Gamos or the unification of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And so in this sense, it's another way for that to sort of be explored that we need each other together. We can overcome everything. And from a hermetic level, the, the fundamental piece of the nature of the universe is comprised of gender in both masculine and feminine energies, which is not the same as male and female per se. And that they are come together in the duality of, of like the, the Tao, Taoism, you know, yin and yang, all of these things to form the one, not. So at the crux of this thing is like, well, who's the one? And for three films, it was Neo's the one very male centric kind of point of view. It turns out without her, he's not the one. And the one is actually the summation of these two energies. Yeah, and I like the concept of the evil guy. He needs to keep them close to gain their energy, but too close and shit happens. You know, he couldn't control it. So that was a fun concept. Which is an allegory for how advertisers use us all the time to try and, like, get us to do what they think we should do to, like, make ourselves appealing to the opposite sex and... So I'll say like Lana, I, she definitely is capable of highly entertaining me. Sense8, the first season is brilliant. And from my understanding, that's hers. The second season though sucked, in my opinion. And then her wrap up movie was kind of like, eh. and it was because I'm going to, I'm going to walk into the fire with this one, but the same with Glee. Like Glee, the first season I thought was brilliant because there was story and you had transgender characters and gay characters and all these things, but they were part of the story. And then the second season, it was like, oh, we're all gay and we're singing. And that there was no story anymore. 
And that's what happened in Sense8. And that's kind of what I think happened for me with all the other Matrix after the first one. Like the technology was so cool in the first one. And it's as though the storytellers heard everyone say, wow, that was so cool. And that's what it became about. Yeah, well, it's a lot like, a, you know, a, a band's first album that's great. Then they're, they try to, they have to try to make that album again, only better. And no one wants them to take any deviations, right? No one wants them to like right, right. do it differently, even though that that's, that's what it takes to, to develop the next level of an artistic expression to even have the kind of potential impact of it being fresh, right? So, and I loved how in this one, they purloined that with that whole thing around the boardroom table where they talked about having to, another bullet time. Like we got to have another bullet time. It's got to be that. Right. 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 Did you um, watch to the very end of the credits? Yes. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. To, but again, like the, it was the, we're back at the boardroom round table. Oh, right. Right. And they're all cat videos. <laughs> But to me, like, that's what the whole movie was, is all these little clever technical jokes. There wasn't a story development. Yeah. So in that sense, it mirrors the matrix we live in in a beautiful way. Plus, I have my little Shempa about Apple and all the Apple, you know, drones. So calling the paradise that they have IO was kind of like, Oh really? Okay. I don't understand what say more about that. That's the Apple, like the, the paradise. Well, it wasn't paradise, but where human and machine are coexisting peacefully and Jada Pickett Smith. That was the IO. Right. That's what the name of it was. That's the Apple system. No, you're thinking of iOS, iOS. No, but it is like the short of it is IO. I think that's how I've seen like dot IO is. Yeah. That's actually about um, blockchain. Yeah. That domain is about blockchain. I thought Apple used IO as its system. Like well, we're the IO system. I've never heard that myself, but it's iOS, right? It's mobile iOS, right? It's it's their operating system, the iPhone, the iPad, the okay. iMac, right? So it's iOS. Right. Point is, I get it. It felt like they were kissing Apple's ass and you didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> called out just as cleanly as you did. Yep, that is that is real. Hey, we get to have our preferences. <laughs> I recognize it's weak on my part, but I wouldn't you know. say that. It's, you know, but what, you know, what's great about this experience for me is that I lived through a period of time where we where I got to participate in something that was a lifelong dream for me, but which people received in much the same way that you received this film, which is the star Wars prequels. And there was a lot of this kind of like, Oh, about the star Wars prequels at the time. Yeah. Especially with uh, one of my favorite characters. Right. (laughs) Oh, why should we have digital characters? Right. Right. And it was, Almost a decade later when, in fact, it was great more than a decade later when Disney was able to recapture that and they, they used a lot of analog, you know, characters again. They had people in costumes instead of digital characters and people liked that more. Right. So in a way, there's this possibility that the Matrix universe will now finally get to be played with by someone other than a Wachowski, which is what Warner brothers was threatening. And what would happen if someone like you actually got to write the next matrix movie? And that's why I asked you, well, how would you want it? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of sad because you didn't ask me. 
Well, let's let's just stay in sadness. See how that rolls. What would you do, monkey dog? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what a monkey dog would sound like. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. All right. Um all right, the, just off the top of my head, Matrix sequel, Mark Mark went style, right? Since yeah. you did yours. Yeah. Um Neo wakes up in the Matrix. But he's as Thomas Anderson, as I delineated before. And he's again working at the mid-level programmer level. He's not an executive. He's not like VP. He's just a worker drone. And he feels the frustration of not actually getting his boss to be able to help him get through to grow. He's stuck in the routine of being stuck in his house because of pandemic and the drudgery and dronery of coding. Right. And he goes, he manages to get away for a vacation to South America and he takes an ayahuasca trip. And while he's on the ayahuasca trip, he realizes that he's in the matrix and that his body's still connected. And so he gets, he gets consciously aware through a psychedelic experience that he's imprisoned in the matrix and his body's imprisoned in um, the pod and they're high, harvesting his energy. And so the shaman there is telling him about how the mechanized society is siphoning his energy and that they're programming him to behave a certain way. And the people that are on the journey with him are also similarly controlled. And we see these archetypes of like the, the young woman who is super spiritual and, but she's actually lost. She's in this sort of vortex of spirituality. That's not actually connected to anything deeper. And and then the boyfriend and the, the 40 something mom who's trying to get away from her life. And they all are like at this place and they all come to this realization that they're in the matrix from their various points of view. And they're all in pods and they do this through ayahuasca. And then they have to go back to their lives, realizing that they're stuck and they can't really get, there's no like way for someone to jack in and come get them. It's just this torturous allegory of them re- realizing that they're being manipulated by this system. <laughs> and the how, next two hours as you watch. Well, and it's their struggle of how they try to go about managing it while they're also consciously aware So they, the illusion gets shredded and they no longer have the comfort of their illusion and they still have to go about their daily routine of survival inside the matrix because they can't just quit. They can't just give up. And so it's about how they form relationships when they get back to their realities and they then end up friends at the end of the movie in a metaverse type of space. So they're, they're in the matrix, they're in reality, and then they're in this metaverse and that's how they deal with their day-to-day things. And it's, it's, there's no bullet time. There's no big car chases. There's no crap shooting. It's a character driven emotional movie about the circumstances that we all find ourselves in about how we're being manipulated and, and our energy is being siphoned, how some of us are breaking free of the awareness of that through these new, you know, sorts of possibilities through psychedelic research. And that in the end of the day, even when we become liberated, we don't quite know what to do with that. Except that a couple of them end up like starting their own off grid farms and stuff. But to see their friends, once they leave town, they have to get in the metaverse to do it. So that's like how the film ends is there's like, they're, they're like hanging out. They've got some people got their lands in there. You know, one guy's got like the, the van that he tours around in. Meanwhile, Neo stays in San Francisco and continues to just program and re- release NFTs. And that's like how he's doing his thing. So that would be like drama, human pathos that would be meta, meta, meta. Right. And, there's one thing that when I was hearing you and it reminded me a piece they showed in this movie that they didn't really touch upon at all is the machines rebuilt 
Trinity and Mio. Yeah, they I, touched on it, but it's a very brief sort of vignette. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, and so they're part machine. Well, theoretically, the machines had them regenerate from tissues, not from. Well, you see mechanical parts in them. No, they're and then coming the out. The growing. Things- so I, what I saw was that, like Neo's eye this part right was which was mechanical. blinded he was and blinded it was mechanical and then the tissue was growing around it well That's it replaces it is the way i viewed it but again it's so short you're right they did a poor job of really explaining that are yeah. they mechanical or are they tissue right what is right it? right and you could have fun with that in a in another movie so like let's next- spoil it down like Siskel and Ebert here. For those of you who remember them, good for you. Be sure you check your <laughs> blood pressure medication. Um, what four star, what, what f- on a four star scale, what would you give this movie? Two stars, maybe even like less on a four star scale. Yeah. I'd have to go one. One star, one and a half. I'm going with three. That's my rating. Um, One of the things that we want to do today is talk a little bit more about Keanu and Greg's going to get quizzed and I have a a Ah. quiz for him. But before we do that, I want to just kind of say like, he's made a lot of movies, 107 different projects, not all of them movies, some of them games and stuff like that. But, um, well, he's in it. Yeah. So I don't think that this is in the quiz, although I haven't read the whole quiz. So I want to ask you of all the things that he's participated in, what film did he direct? Oh, shoot. I have no idea. <laughs> I can guess. I don't think that's it. No, I know he didn't direct that. Is it a well-known movie? Not really. Huh. I have no idea. So he's only directed one movie? Yep. I have no idea. Um, I'm looking forward in this. It's... Uh... Oh, dear. <laughs> I had it right here for a second ago. It's it's something Tai Chi, the, the art of Tai Chi or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Is it a documentary or is it a... No, no, no. It's a... it's a um, Fictional film? Yeah. Hmm. I'll, I'll come up with the full name for you. Sorry that I didn't have it ready to go. Um, no what's your favorite Keanu moves? Um, Keanu Reeves? Movie? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Parenthood. Parenthood? Yeah. So the name of the movie is Man of Tai Chi. Man of Tai Chi. And uh, kind of, incidentally, Man of Tai Chi grossed $25 million in its first week, and Matrix is only at 12 Matrix Resurrection is only at 12 Wow. All right. So are you ready to do a Keanu Reeves quiz? Yeah, but I'm, I don't know if I hope so. My knowledge of him is pretty... All right. So we're just going to go through it. And uh, for those who are playing at home, I will answer each question as Greg... Um, gets it right or wrong so that you uh, what though, right. here's like i just checked out man of tai chi a little bit it mm-hmm. looks like it was made for the china market and china is notorious huge money like in the u.s it only made five and a half million yeah but that's its first week well total in the u.s oh yeah you're saying gross u.s is five million you're right yeah we're both looking at IMDb Pro, just for those of you who are curious about that. All right. So beginning our Keanu Reeves, uh, Keanu Reeves quiz, <laughs> where was Keanu born? Lebanon. You got that right. Awesome. What was the first movie that Keanu appeared in with Patrick Swayze? Oh, um, Point Break. Nope. Young Blood. Ah. Okay, the next question is, what does Keanu mean in Hawaiian? No idea. It means cool breeze over the mountains. (laughs) 
right. What is Keanu's middle name? We got 20 more to go after this. Oh, you're kidding. I have no idea. I don't know anything about Keanu. Jerry. <laughs> Keanu Jerry Reed. Charles. Oh, that was close. Damn. <laughs> yeah. In high school, Keanu's nickname was The Wall because he was what? A flower boy. Because he was an excellent hockey goalie. Oh, nice. <laughs> In parenthood, Keanu played Todd Higgins. What was Todd's ambition? To be a race car driver. You're close. Be a NASCAR driver. Nope. Uh, to be a champion drag racer. Okay. Although a natural left-hander. I think is, I should get that one. Uh, no, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> you got to be exact in my world. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. All right. In the Mark Went Matrix. Although a natural left-hander. <laughs> although a natural left-hander. What does Keanu do right-handed? Masturbate. You were going to say that. <laughs> that was such an obvious. It's not an option here. It's play-based guitar, throw football, play baseball, or sign autographs. Sign autographs. No, it's bass guitar. Yeah. All right. Before playing a football quarterback in The Replacements, we saw Keanu star as what other quarterback? Fuck, I have no idea. Johnny Utah. What was that? Yeah, good good question. I don't know. Um, who was not <laughs> one of the ex-president bank robbers in Point Break? Point Break. Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, or Ronald Reagan? Lyndon Johnson. No, it was Gerald Ford. Dang it. Which of these was... We're just going to have 20 questions of you asking me going, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're still providing the answers. Yes. So anyone... For those playing? who want to know a lot about Keanu. Right. Well, maybe <laughs> we should have brought that up at the production meeting. But all right, here we are. We got 14 more. Um, right. <laughs> which of these is a Keanu movie? The Little Bodie, The Little Bedwetter, The Little Buddy, and The Little Buddha? The Little Buddha. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Which of these was not one of Keanu's stepfathers? Robert Miller, Paul Aaron, Jack Bond, and Scott Favor. So three of them were? I don't know. Which one of them? Well, you're is... saying which one of them isn't. Which one of these is not one of Keanu's stepfathers? Yeah, Robert so Miller, that Paul means Aaron. three of them are. Otherwise, the answer is all of them. Okay. So, Robert Miller, Paul Aaron, Jack Bond, or Scott Favor? Scott Favor. Good guess. You got it right. Yeah. Scott Favor is the name of his character in my own private Idaho. Oh. That was a good movie. Oh, that's going way back. This guy's been making movies a long time. So, you might have a chance at this one. Okay. <laughs> Name the fic fictitious band from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It was the band that Wild came. Stallions. Ding, 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 ding. That one's um, easy. <laughs> okay. What did Keanu do, often do, while playing goalie in high school while the hockey puck was up at the other end of the ice and he was out of the action? Cruise chicks and suck face. Recite Shakespeare. It's close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Oh, oh you're going to love this one. <laughs> Which of these is not the name of a character that Keanu played in a film? Oh, Sydney Hartha, Jack B. Nimble, or it's the dog boy or Thomas Anderson. The first one. Sydney Hartha. That's correct. Yeah. A member of which band played Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Do you name the bands? Yes. Wait, a member Banana Rama, the Coors, 
The Bengals and the Go-Go's. Say the course. Nope. Was, then it was the first one. What was the first one? Banana Bananarama. Rama. Nope. Yeah. No, wait. What was the first one you said? Bananarama, the Coors, oh. the Bengals, or the Go-Go's. Shit, really? It's from the Go-Go's or the Bengals? Yeah, it was the Go-Go's. That's, wow, Go-Go's. that surprises me. Yeah. I thought I knew those two bands pretty well. A member of which bland, band played one of the bad guys in Point Break? The Beach Boys, White Snake, Backstreet Boys, or Red Hot Chili Peppers? Boy, this is a guess, but I'd go with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, it was Flea, I think. Yeah. I think Flea's in that movie. Which is of it? these is not Flea's true badass. about Keanu? Which of these is not true about Keanu? He loves ballroom dancing. He has a degree in nuclear physics from Yale. He's afraid of the dark. And his most prized possession is a motorcycle. He's afraid of the dark is not true. Okay. Which of these is not true about Keanu? Yeah. He's afraid of the dark. No, he doesn't have a degree in nuclear physics from Yale. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought that was a degree. That could be like a bachelor's degree. Right. Or an honorary one. From being yeah. in the Matrix, right? Whoa, we were in the Matrix. We'll give you an yeah. honorary degree. He's physics. afraid of the dark. That surprises me, knowing what little I know about him. Mm-hmm. And I'm proving how little I know about him in this quiz. Very soon, you'll be out of the woods. We've just got seven more to go. All right. In Good Parenthood, God. after Todd, Keanu, crashes his car, what were his first words when he regained consciousness? Did I win? Yeah, you got it. Very good. (laughs) Very good. You got it. Proving that that's your favorite Keanu movie. Who played Keanu's partner in crime, literally, in the film I Love You to Death? Gary Busey, William Hurt, Jeff Daniels, or William Hurd? William Hurd. No. William Hurt. Uh... Keanu's character in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is Bill S. Logan Esquire, Ted Theodore Preston, Ted Theodore Logan, or Bill S. Preston Esquire? Bill S. Logan Esquire, Ted Theodore Preston, Ted Theodore Logan, or Bill S. Preston? Ted Theodore Preston. For the money. Ted, nope. the second one. Dang it. Ted Theodore Logan was the correct answer. Uh, In which film does Keanu play one of a group of high school students who cover up for a friend who has murdered his girlfriend? River's yeah. Edge, The River, The Jagged Edge, or The Razor's Edge? River's Edge. Ding, 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 ding. That was a good movie, too. Yeah. God, that's going way back. Yeah. The singer, was that, Chris 78 or? I don't know, I have to look. The Wicked singer, game. Chris Isaac, appeared in what Keanu movie? Devil's Advocate, Little Buddha, The Watcher, or The Gift? I have no idea. The Gift. Nope. It was The Bo- Little Buddha. Uh, all right. Here we go. A Matrix question. All right. Oh, no, wrong. All of them suck except the first Wrong, wrong. (laughs) What fictitious nickname of the Washington, D.C. football team that Keanu plays for in The Replacement? Is it the Senators, the Stars, the Generals, or the Sentinels? So that's a Matrix question. I know. I was wrong. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Wait, so what's the question again? What is the fictitious nickname of the Washington, D.C. NFL football team that Keanu plays for in The Replacements? The Senators, the Stars, the Generals, or the Sentinels? You got a 25% chance of getting this right. The Sentinels. Ding, ding, you got it right. All right, we got two more questions, and then you'll be out of your misery, and so will our audience. God. Which of these Keanu films was about a prom night? The night before prom night, Carrie or Providence? He was in Carrie. 
It doesn't say that. It says which of these Keanu films was about a prom on the night, the night before. Carrie. Carrie. No. It was called. Oh, I the see. Night the night before. All movies, but he's only in one of them. Yeah. All right. That question was a little misleading. I know. It's not easy, is it? All right. Here we go. <laughs> in which of these films does Keanu play a bad guy? Speed, flying, the grift, or point break? Well, that's a point break is arguable. You could argue that one. Name them again. Speed. Okay, what's speed? The gift the and gift. point break. See, you could argue point break, and I don't know those other two. Wasn't speed. I'm going to go with what I know, which is point break. I know that won't be it, and I would argue that it is it. And um, So the gift is the correct answer, and now yeah. we're computing your percentage. <laughs> 3%. You don't know, Reeves. Oh, boy. Here we go. 15, you scored 12 out of 25. Oh, that's better than I thought. Uh, so you got less than 50%. You don't know Reeves. Does it say anything about that? Is there any like little quip? It says oh, the average are... score for this was 15 out of 25. So you, not only did you did get below 50%, below you got out. less than average yeah well who's going to answer 25 questions about keanu reeves someone who's into keanu reeves would i just naturally go look up a keanu reeves quiz and go hey no yeah well i hear you like it's tough these quizzes are tough i had kind of faced that the last time myself you did better on the who yeah i know the who oh where do you get these quizzes from um google But you could put in a like a Keanu Reeves quiz and then it just comes up. Google comes up. Yeah, that's what I did. And I I worked at it really hard. I took the first one. The ultimate G.I. Joe Keanu Reeves quiz. (laughs) What is there? Do you want to quiz me now just to get your revenge so you can feel better about yourself? No, I feel fine. I don't mind that. I don't know much about Keanu. Awesome. All right. So the man of Tai Chi, 2013 directed by Keanu Reeves. And it grossed. It had a $25 million budget. No. Yeah. And it flopped horrifically. It made. This doesn't make sense. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So it says the budget was 25 million, but then it says gross worldwide was 5,464,000. Got a box office mojo. Yeah. You would think that IMDB would have this, would be able to do this better. I think they own box office module now. I don't know. The man who, the man, what is it called? Man of Tai Chi. A young martial artist's unparalleled Tai Chi skills land him in a highly lucrative underworld fight club, it says. Well, it's domestic opening with 61,000. Needless to say, it was one of his most underperforming films. Yeah, so worldwide, it made, oh, check this out. So internationally, it made 5,000,003, worldwide, 5,000,004. So it made about 100,000, yeah, 100,000 in the U.S. theatrically. So he's got five things that are currently in production. Uh, one is John Wick five, which is in pre-production. Um, I think John Wick four has already been in the can. They're going to do, they did it. It's not out yet. And then a film called bloom and a film called berserker, which is based on a comic. 
Um, one of the things that we sort of have to cover since we have gone deep into Keanu Reeves is his band, which is called Dog Star. Have yeah. you heard any Dog Star music? I don't think I have. If I have, it didn't stick with me. That's for yeah. sure. Are they still like? Is he still active with them? Are they still? A band? In the end, he left the band to further pursue his acting career and meet his working schedule. Um, oh, they are still together, though. Yeah, looks like their fans line up hopeful every night that Keanu. Oh no, they're not. They're not. Uh, Yeah, so they played on Jay Leno. There's some stuff here that's interesting about Jay Leno. Anyway, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, folks, 2022 is off to a mediocre <laughs> start. A kid start. <laughs> Keanu, I'm sure you if you're, if you're still listening at that point, it's because you are either related to one of us or in a relationship with one of us. And by God... Bless you for sticking around this long. Oh, you love Keanu Reeves. And you're like, fuck, I love yeah, Keanu Reeves. I can't believe it. Maybe, maybe at some future date. And if you're listening to this years in the future, because you happen to Google Keanu Reeves and Greg put it in the title of this podcast, <laughs> just know that um, we love you. Like, that's for sure. We love you. And we're glad you joined us here on Moped Outlaws. And I suspect that if we invited Keanu Reeves to go on a moped ride with us, he'd look at us dubiously and laugh. He'd bring out a real motorcycle. <laughs> awesome. So what we didn't talk about today, which sets us apart from most podcasts is new year's resolutions. So don't make any, <laughs> just get better at what you're doing now. Recording stopped.